Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer. Here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us, been a little while here for Chapter Select's Jens Dietrich. Good to be here. Well, uh, glad to have you and Randy back on Chapter Select. I've listened to a few episodes. Oh, I'm trying nice. to catch up. Y'all are doing a fantastic job over there. Oh, thank it's you. cool to have that two perspective of Randy, like, loves that series, knows everything about it. And, you know, you know a lot, but you're... You're like me. You don't remember much about the games at this point, so you're kind of watching it more as a series. That's, that's the gist, but I think opinion-wise, yeah. I think Randy and I are pretty aligned on this so far. Yeah. So. I mean, it's. I don't know if we we might talk about uh, some thoughts on... on the, have you seen the latest episode from yesterday? I haven't yet. No, I'm behind. Oh, okay. Well, we, will, we might uh, just kind of get a thought on everything from one to four so far, I guess. Mm, sure. uh, so... Along with that, we, of course, got talk on the latest Nintendo Direct that happened this week. Um, Jens has been playing Hogwarts Legacy, so we will talk about that, and only in respect to the game. And What else did we talk about, really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, there's not a, uh, a huge-ass controversy going on constantly. Anybody ever mentions that game? I uh, read the so, discourse. Yeah. But, um, yes, uh, I've also I played the Sea of Stars demo that came out Alongside that direct, uh, Mark's beaten for spoken, so we get a little bit more of that as well. And we're going to discuss all that and more right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right. Well, uh, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody's getting ready for the game. Uh, this is our what's going to be our regular recording time here around Sundays at 6 p.m. or so. So hopefully we can keep this schedule. But if this is the first time you're watching us or listening to us later, I thank you or you've, you've been watching or listening to us. Appreciate that as well. Just really quick here. Remember, you can watch us on the W2 Network everywhere, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff live, or you can then watch it on demand on YouTube later or listen on demand later, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Remember, subscribe video games to the max to get us anytime we do a show. The old W2 Network feed is gone. Same thing with Chapter Select. Make sure you subscribe Chapter Select to get uh, anytime Jens and Randy do an episode as well. And uh, if you haven't checked, they have a new Super Mario Brothers. A movie commercial to go along on the Super Bowl as well. So everybody uh, get ready for that. I wonder if they're going to actually have a tra another trailer during the actual event. We'll have to watch that later. So I guess let's go ahead and start with the what's been the hot button game for the last week or so, Jens. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you, would you say you're a big fan of the series in general or I read the first, I think four and a half book and okay. I saw all the movies and then I haven't really thought about it very much, uh, but I did play quite a few, you know, back when those movies were, were coming out regularly, there was usually a game from Warner brothers going along with them. Uh, that and, Gears of Gears, Gears of Harry Potter game. Yeah, like there were a lot of, and you know, there were some that were kind of more platformery, but they were all kind of third-person action adventure games. 
Um, though none of them, if I rec- remember correctly, were open world. Like this is the first one that kind of, you know, fulfills that promise of giving us that photorealistic, complete Hogwarts to walk around. Which again is not really a setting that is. Like I wouldn't say it's particularly close to my heart or anything, but it is a setting that you know we we know and we understand and we've spent a lot of time uh, in other media defining exactly what it needs to look like and what the geometry of it is and everything that's in there and uh you know the question I, then yeah so sean I, I was gonna say do you feel like it lives up to that like that's, you're yeah that's what i'm getting at is i i do actually like i'm really impressed with this um not necessarily like as an open world game you know if we're going to go into the nitty-gritty of that uh it there really isn't that much to talk about like it kind of is a check the box open world game um that gives you really what you expect uh, in terms of gameplay. But the impressive thing is just the world, right? Like the, all the, and the amount of, you know, little puzzles and secrets and details that are kind of scattered in every corner of that, uh, of that map. And so far, I mean, I'm about six hours or so in. So I've opened up, you know, I've got Hogwarts opened up and I've got kind of the surrounding you know, Hogsmeade, and then there's a bunch of other surrounding villages that you can now visit and do quests in, kind of into the, you know, the Forbidden Forest and all those kind of things. So that stuff's all opened up. So um, it's kind of doing what I would, what I want more open world games to do, which is, you know, don't focus so much on scale. You know, obviously it's a significant, it's a, it's a significant area, and not to say it's a small um, area or anything um, so far, but it really is dense. It seems like they focused more on, okay, let's just do Hogwarts and just do, you know, Hogwarts to a T. Uh, that, okay. that seems to have been, you know, that's what I want. I, you know, I, I want the kind of, I, I remember being very impressed, you know, back when, not that it was any good because it wasn't, you know, but when we first saw uh, Assassin's Creed Unity and you saw, you know, Versailles and those like appointed, you know, those like gilded chairs and all that ornate, sculpturing and all that stuff uh you know when you first saw it, same thing with like the demon souls remake i just like that kind of architecture so i'm always drawn to games that have that kind of art design and of course all the harry potter art design is something that's like well established you know you've got so much art from just the movies to to look to uh and and the, the theme parks and all that stuff so you know when you go to hogsmeade hogsmeade looks exactly like you'd expect uh, just like everything in the game looks and feels exactly like you. Uh, so in that in that regard, I think it's a huge success. Uh, it's definitely the best, you know, giving you that living a Harry Potter experience that you want um, on a core basis. Now, gameplay-wise, like the combat, it's spellcasting. It, it's as if, um, like, Souls spellcasting and Batman Arkham Asylum ran into each other. Because it has that soul, that range spellcasting feel, but then also, you know, it'll pop icons over your character's head to show you that, like, now you need to block and counter and all those kind of things that are more timed. So it's doing the, like, timing-based counter system on top of you're doing range spellcasting with, uh, you know, right stick targeting and all that kind of stuff. And then putting your abilities on... Um, on the face buttons and then, you know, the face buttons with a trigger modifier. Uh, so it's, and you, you fan the trigger, at least on PlayStation, 
I, I don't know uh, how that's implemented on Xbox, but on PlayStation, you just fan the trigger for a regular attack. And when you hold the trigger down, it then gives you your spell menu. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's combat. Let's see. Learning spells is like a little mini game where you're guiding an arrow down a little path and and doing some... Um, it's almost like hitting, uh, you know, like a rhythm mini game where you're hitting specific prompts, except oh, that okay. it, it works more as an accelerant where, like, your cursor will cross over an X or square or whatever, and then you press X or square, and it'll accelerate you, and there is, like, a little, you know, uh, there's, like, a, a wave of red kind of following behind you that you can't let catch up to you, so you have to outrun kind of a thing. Um, with your cursor, make it all the way to the goal, and then you've unlocked the spell. Trying to think of what else there is. There, there are a lot of little like the puzzles. The puzzles are fairly. It's like a line, um, you know, a reflection, uh, the right way, so that it's it's pointing in, so it looks correct. Or you know, do some math puzzles where you're doing some basic algebra to open some doors. Uh, and then there's a lot of Metroidvania type stuff where there's just all manner of things around the castle that you can only interact with with certain spells. So you'll be finding them early on, and then you know once you're a few hours in or deeper into the game, depending. Like I just got a spell a, a, an hour or so ago. Um, that that's basically like an invisibility spell that you use for stealth sections. Like it's not complete invisibility, but it's like a partial. You know, you're harder to see kind of things. And then and then I realized like, oh, these particular chests that have an eye on them. Now I can like sneak up to them and open them. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, oh, you've got a new ability, so now new stuff in the castle. And the castle really is jam-packed. Um, anyway, yeah, um, that's kind of the basics. Uh, the setting, they did a smart thing with the setting. They set it 100, 100 years, 150 years or so before the movie. It's like late 19th century. Um, yeah. Around the time it's just the new movies that are terrible. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's going to try and tie into that that well, no, it's like it. it's, it's like 30, 40 years away from like the Grindelwald stuff. So I don't think it's trying to tie into anything from the movie. Yeah, it's trying to be its own standalone thing. So you don't have to worry about putting those characters in there. And Exactly. You know. and, and because the Wizarding World really doesn't evolve very quickly, uh, you know, the look and feel of it is still basically the same. Just so like it, the British. Yeah, it, it really doesn't matter, right? You wouldn't really know that it's any different because you just... You're spending all your time in Hogwarts and surrounding area. You're not really spending your time in 19th century London or anything. So um, it's just Yo, a way to get out of the movie's way. Is this game just Magical Bully? <laughs> it is not Magical Bully. Um, That's a shame. <laughs> and I, I I mean, the thing that sets the part pretty clearly is that Bully has that timed mechanic uh, where it's, it's simulating like a day-night cycle. And it also has like actual class schedules and stuff. Classes in this Harry Potter game are just quests. It's just, here's your next quest is attend this class. And you go there and there's a cutscene, and then you do a couple of, you know, mini game things with the teacher. And then you learn a new spell maybe. And then that's that quest complete. Uh, it's not as flexible as something like Bully. In fact, I would compare it almost, it's not quite as bad, but it's like getting there in terms of linearity to something like Mafia 2 where it just gives you, here's your quest chain. You're going to do every quest in this chain. There's no real choices, at least so far from what I've seen. Maybe there are big, there are dialogue trees, but the dialogue trees have just been, you know, respond really enthusiastically or respond a little bit more reservedly. 
that's usually your choice or like ask for more information or don't um so there haven't been like any big you know telltale game like story arc changing or you know like you're going to get a different ending kind of decisions there's been nothing like that and there really hasn't been any branching or anything it has been check off every box do every quest do every side quest so far except for the really dumb ones which are just collect the thon there is a lot of collect the thon stuff and this is something that i i will i've always had a bit of an issue with avalanche um games doing that like tying xp to collectibles and they did it again uh i forget they did it in one of the just cause games at least one that really annoyed me um and they did it in this one but it makes more sense in harry potter because you know a big part of the game is exploring the castle and doing all the puzzles and finding all the collectibles and things. So it makes more sense here than in their other games. It also is a, I feel a more accessible game than previous avalanche games. Like, uh, you know, whether Mad Max or just cause or any of those, I feel like I've run into either a boredom wall or a difficulty wall in each one of their games. And I have not had that yet with this. And I don't expect to, because it seems to be, a fairly mild-mannered game in terms of difficulty. Um, yeah, the story is, you know, what I keep saying what you would expect, but it really is because it is a, you know, it's a chosen one story. You right. are, you, yeah, you're special. <laughs> there is a, a, and this is kind of a new addition to the canon, is there's this ancient magic uh, that apparently was in use, you know, a couple hundred years prior to the setting of the game and hasn't been used in a long time. Uh, but they used to do it to do like almost like terraforming, like we restored this, you know, horribly destroyed landscape back to being green and lush uh, kind of thing. And uh, your character is special in that you're the only one see and interact with this ancient magic. And of course, people want to control it. And you you start off with with finding this key that is a port key, which port keys in Harry Potter are basically are like you, you touch them and they teleport you somewhere. And that is what happens here. You get teleported to like you know a, a vault in Gringotts, and you start finding clues towards this ancient magic and making use of it. And of course, you're the only one who the, there, there's a teacher that's your main um, confidant early on in the game, Professor Fig, who, who takes you to Hogwarts and gives you your early instructions and some spells kind of before you get there. Because the other thing uh, with it um, narratively is. You're a latecomer. You're like a fifth year. So like you're coming in as a new student into senior year immediately uh, without really the background uh, that the other students have. But you're a quick learner, you know, because you're special. So that does, uh, you know, it, it means that you're on an accelerated training schedule. All the professors are giving you like extra lessons and you you, you have to catch up real quick, uh, which you can. You, you learn spells pretty quickly. I mean, I'm only like... As I said, six hours in or so, and I've learned like seven or eight spells at this point. Uh, that is one weakness. I, I feel like there is not enough. They, they need a better way of managing all those spells because they really only give you those four face buttons. And then I find myself frequently going into the configuration menu to, uh, you know, change the slotting around because, oh, and now I need repair row. Okay, well, I got to change fire out for repair and I got to change you know, light or lumos out for levitation, you know, whatever you're doing. Uh, you're, you'll be, once you're a little bit deeper into it, and especially if you're doing the Metroidvania type stuff, you are changing spells out a lot. And it's a little cumbersome. So that's a complaint. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, at least it sounds like for the most part, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you should be really happy with this game mm-hmm. as far as it, it accomplishes kind of everything that you well, want it to. And it gives you all the moments. You know, it gives you the sorting hat. It gives you getting your first wand. It gives you all those kind of iconic things that you want from a Harry Potter experience. And I think better than than most um, most other games that have attempted to convey that world. I think if you're a Harry Potter fan, you absolutely should play this. Uh, for me, it's just, you know, a kind of a neat open world game that um, I'm liking a lot and uh, curious to see where it goes. Graphically, it looks good. It's not, like, amazing or anything. It looks like a modern AAA video game. Yeah. Uh, but the attention to detail to the world uh, is quite something. And whenever you see a... Whenever a new section of the world opens up or you get to a new part of the castle, it's always impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, for the mo- like, it, it seems like you pretty much nailed everything. <laughs> you went through everything, so I don't necessarily have to ask oh. a, a lot of questions. But so is it basically like it kind of just drops you in the world, gives you a start, and then you kind of follow your own whatever you want to do or is there no like a, it's, it's very story? directed yeah the, okay. I mean, the story is that you're in pursuit like you're going to classes and doing your typical hogwarts uh school year things you know dueling club and you know herbology and potions and defense against the dark arts so those are all that's like a series of quests is going to all those classes and competitions and, uh but then the other part of the story is that you and professor fig are following the clues uh to this ancient ma- magic and there's also some people after you who want to take you out because you're the chosen. Uh, and that's kind of where I currently am. Um, <clears throat> Representation-wise, uh, I will give this game some props. Um, firstly, uh, because it has actually good hair options for black characters, which is a rarity. <laughs> that's good. In yeah. a, a real rarity in character creators. <clears throat> not just actually, afro size. <laughs> yeah, not just... But not just afros, but like you know, your your short frilly hair, your long frilly. It gives it gives you it gives you real options, which is nice. Um, in fact, I thought the black uh, the black character model options were generally better. Uh, so I am actually playing a uh, you know a black girl protagonist, and um, early on in the game they give you kind of like they give you two options of who your like best friend is going to be starting out, and one of them is just like student from Uganda, and one of them is this preppy white kid, and I picked the student from Uganda. Uh, so we have these, you know, in, in my game at least, you know, you have you have kind of these two uh, two black girls having adventures around, uh, around uh, Hogwarts, you know. Uh, while everybody's using non-gendered, I mean, this makes some sense, right, because you've got a male-female character creator picker, which they don't use the words, so that's another thing. They don't explicitly call it male-female. Uh, they use gender-neutral terminology throughout the dialogue uh there is a maybe token it feels like maybe it's a uh, late edition or something or they needed to address something but there is trans representation in the game uh the bartender in in hogsmeade is a trans character so yeah. um it it's feels like <laughs> it feels surprisingly woke by Harry Potter standards, like relative yeah. to what's in the books and movies. Well, I mean, I, I think that's the thing is that like they're not the developers and everybody else involved with the game are trying to show that they don't represent the author's the author's yeah. view. So it makes sense that they did have that representation because you are, 
even if you know you have the boycott going on or or you're not wanting to buy the game for whatever reason it is still good to show that you do have those all this time representation in the community so good on them for still doing it even if people are going to say oh it's very token or uh, I mean, it doesn't I, feel genuine it's hard to judge yet how genuine it is like I, I don't know yet how much they're going to do with that character if they're going to do anything to that character or if it's just you know oh shit or oh shit like which side character can we make trans at the last minute yeah so we'll uh, see what they do with that uh but i was pleasantly well I, i'm not going to put any kind of value judgment on it. i was just surprised by it uh your camera froze i think about like 10 minutes ago even, oh no so. that's no good that's no good <laughs> oh, i didn't want to stop you in mid-flow because you were like going so but it's okay because mm -hmm. on the audio it's fine oh, okay. um but well. yeah uh, but either way I think, I mean, unless you have like anything else you really want to say about the game, uh, how far would you say, I guess, hour wise? Like, how many hours have you put? Yes, like six, about six hours okay. deep. Uh, still act one, I believe. So um, I have Do no idea. Many, how, yeah. No <laughs> clue how long it is. Out, of, actually, out of 14 acts. <laughs> really? No. I'm, I hope. <laughs> I, I'm gonna check how long to beat for Hogwarts. Uh, probably like 20 hours, maybe probably less, maybe like 15. Uh, let's see, 29 yeah, and a half hours. Uh, oh, wow. average main story 26, main inside 33. Yeah, there are yeah. 13 chapters total in Hogwarts Legacy. Okay, I, I don't know now if I'm a chapter, yeah. I don't know what chapter I'm in. I, yeah, I haven't seen there have not been delineated chapters, so oh, okay. So maybe you're... I'm still in chapter one, or maybe I'm way deeper, and I don't know. I just know that um, you know you got past the prologue, and then past the prologue, and then yeah. you know, up until the point like gotten my wand, um, won the first, won the big dueling competition, the first one. I you know I did I've got potions down now. I feel like I've gone through like they've tutorialized pretty much everything, and they right. take their sweet time producing those things. You know, they, you know, you don't get your wand until like. Two hours, three hours in. Yeah, right. it, 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 it progresses at a good pace, though. And that's positive. Uh, from the most part, everybody that's genuinely tried to review the game seems to be very positive about it, that it is the experience that people wanted. Um, you know, you have some folks even saying an early game of the year contender, so we'll see. I could you see know, it. I mean, yeah. if it continues, if it keeps up the good work, at the moment, it still, it still feels... Like, uh, yeah, it's going a little bit through the motions of uh, an open world game. But I fully expect that as, as we get in deeper, that there's going to be more. So here's hoping. Um, I just really, I don't know. I just really like the world. That's that's the thing that um, is the big standout. So hey, at the end of the day, that's what matters, that you enjoy it. And that's why you got it, you know? I'm thinking, and it's, I know it's probably too early to say this, but I'm thinking it may be my favorite avalanche. Because every other Avalanche game I've fallen off at some point. Yeah, it's at a high bar. I mean, they only made like six. And a few of them have been pretty terrible. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say none of them are terrible. It's just they all had something off-putting. Like, I mean, in, in Mad Max, it was the big empty world with the, all that repetitious content, you know? Yeah, I'd say Just Cause 4 and Mad Max are kind of terrible. <laughs> I, again, I wouldn't say I think there's great stuff in Mad Max. I just feel like it needs to be uh, tighter. And that's the biggest compliment I can give Hogwarts so far is it feels very tight. You know, it, it feels it feels like they've they've really packed it with interesting stuff, and there isn't a lull of any kind yet. So, 
Right, well, that's uh, definitely positive that you're enjoying and you haven't gotten anything that you're disliked so far. Uh, you've also been playing a game that last uh, from from last year that a, a lot of folks uh, saw some really were putting it on their you know game of the year lists. And really, things like that that people were enjoying. Yeah, Even West just making uh, people's game of the year lists. Well, I mean, not not like you know the game of the year. I'm mean, talking about like if they make a top ten, some folks are putting it on there. Wow. Uh, wow. So, yeah, you're talking about Evil West, a game that I was I was uh, very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how are you? I guess for people who maybe just heard the name and don't know what it is, like, what what kind of game is it? It's a third person shooter uh, with a lot of arena style combat. If I were to compare it to anything, the game that it reminds me the most of is Warhammer Forty Thousand Space Marine. Okay. So it's it's got that it's got a really good combat system. Like all the weapons are really satisfying for about the first half of the game when you're unlocking kind of the first half of your armory. Uh they do a nice job of, you know, putting every item or weapon on a different face button or just button on the controller so that it doesn't you don't actually have to go to like a weapon wheel for a very long time. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, shotgun is X and then if you hold the trigger without aiming, it's your quick fi- it's your handguns. And if you hold the trigger down, it's your rifle. So I really like what they did with the, the weapon layout. because um, it makes it it gets around, you know, the issue that you always have in uh shooters on console of weapon switching. How do you fast weapon switching? Well, and in Evil West that is uh solved really nicely. Until later when it's like, okay, now we're going to give you a flamethrower and some other stuff that we have to put on the D-pad. And it's not quite as elegant. But uh, it, it feels really good. It feels like they spent, like, a lot of the effort in this game was spent on getting, like, a satisfying combat system out of it. And uh, the story, you know, it's 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 a steampunk Wild West with vampires. And you're going after some kind of a vampire cure or you know how do we either kill or cure all vampires kind of thing uh, after a big outbreak and uh that is uh pretty much it you're going you know you're going on this on this quest fighting your way, your way through just hordes and hordes of um you know your your classic your mo- your exploding mobs your your regular zombies your uh you know your heavies with a big axe your werewolves you know it's a lot of typical video game enemies. It's really nothing, as you as you can see from the footage here. There's there's him fighting some werewolves, some flying enemies. So yeah, it's just you know, it's a third person shooter uh, that feels extremely old fashioned. Um, it feels like a game that escaped the 360 era uh, in the way that um, one thing that kind of annoys me is that it does a lot of like cordoning off areas and limiting. Which way, like it, you can't backtrack to certain, you know, once you pass this point, it's a point of no return. There's a lot of that, like, oh, you climbed up this rope. Well, you can't come back down. Uh, if you oh, wow. So, if you so it's really, really linear then. It's very linear. Um, at the most, it will branch, like, to go to, like, a little dead end where there's a collectible or a treasure, you know, like a treasure chest or something. But yeah, if you miss it, you can't go back. The puzzles are very basic. You know, you might push a cart around to get up onto a higher ledge or, they're, we're currently at a point kind of late late in the game where you've got to turn a bunch of generators on. So you got to like 
throw a power switch, run across the level, traverse a bunch of environment, and then throw another switch within a time limit kind of thing. Very basic. Uh, but yeah, what you really hear for is the combat. And the combat gets pretty elaborate because your weapon upgrades are really... You get your light, you get like lightning upgrades that make chains. Um, you got, you got uh, uh, you know, like a leap that you can either you can either use it to pull yourself towards enemies or pull enemies towards you and then do finishers um yeah it's just it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good combat system but you are fighting i i feel like you're fighting the same like four or five enemy types from most of that game and i'm at the point where i'm ready for it to be over i think i'm probably like a couple levels away from the ending uh are you so so you can is it something you can play by yourself, or you have to play well, co-op, or you can play it by yourself. In fact, I think okay. it's made to be played by yourself. Uh, it when you're playing co-op, there, it does have some of the funny, like there there's a couple of segments, you know, like there'll be on rails kind of um, minecart segments, or you know, there are a couple of like mini game set pieces that the second player can't even participate in. Where only the oh, host, really? wow. only the host player does it, and the second player just watches. So it's like Resident <laughs> Evil Five. Yeah, it's, it's it's like Resident Evil Five that way, where it hasn't, it doesn't, didn't really account for a second player. Or Resident uh, Evil Six, really? Oh, six. No, well, no, six is no, 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 no. Six is made to be a co-op game, though. Yeah, so I mean, five is five is as well. <laughs> no, no, no. Six, six has six has uh, Resident Evil Six. I just want to correct this because this is nonsense. What you're saying, Resident Evil Six has thought carefully <laughs> about what each player is going to be doing. In each of the big set pieces, come on now, yeah, it's I'm giving. Sure. <laughs> no, this is literally you're both the same guy. Like you're just the same character okay. model, and there's just a second one of you now, and it works ninety percent of the time, um, except for the bits that where it was not designed to. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's a nice option. I actually think it's a fun co-op game. I wouldn't be playing it if it wasn't for co-op, uh, but it obviously is made to be a single player game. All right. I mean, it sounds like a kind of like a mixed review there of their stuff yeah. and positives and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a little janky. Yeah. Every every now and then, um, you know, we've had some we've had some weird bugs where like the sound is cut out and then the game starts starts uh, freezing or the frame rate starts going down. Actually, uh, it reminds me of the developer's other game, uh, Shadow Warrior Two. Which okay. uh, Mark and I, Mark and I tried to play, and had all sorts of weird, well, like stuttering. Yeah, like one time, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, weirdly, the X, the Xbox version that was much more stable actually was able to beat that with somebody. Uh, but then we tried to play it on PlayStation, and there was just no going. And this is not that bad, but it has some similar jank. You can definitely tell it's the Shadow Warrior developers making it. All right. I mean, yeah. It's... And it, I mean, I guess if you, if you wanted to play more Shadow Warriors, I guess Shadow Warrior Three is on PlayStation Plus and about to be on Game Pass in a couple of days. So I hear that's not good. Yeah, I heard similar things as well that it's not. I really liked uh, the second one, apart from you know the issues, and that also had really good gunplay, which is what what this game has to recommend. It. Like if you're really in the mood for like an old fashioned, like I just want to blast from the past, like. One of the games of which there were three released every week on Xbox Bay. Yeah, that's you're, true. That <laughs> it's that. Uh, so yeah, if you like that, I'm, I always have have time in my heart for. It. I'm making the definitive edition of Shadow Warrior Three in like four days. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it'll be fixed. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just because it has a definitive edition doesn't mean that it necessarily right. is any better or worse. But yeah, um, I've uh, because my schedule got switched again, I haven't really been able to play um, a lot of stuff. I have uh, quite a backlog, and then this week is not helping with the games that are going to come out as well. So, um, the demo that I played, which is something that was announced at the Direct, a game that I've been really excited for is Sea of Stars, which is basically it's like a Kickstarter game that was made with basically like Chrono Trigger and um, Final Fantasy VI in mind. And it actually technically is a prequel to The Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's set like, I think, like 150 or 200 years before The Messenger or whatever. But who knows how much actual like with the messenger is going to have but um the demo that they released it's only on the switch by the way you can't even though it is coming to ps4 ps5 and pc you can only put the demo on the switch so i think octopath traveler 2 is the same way that demo is only on the switch as well so yeah it, it looks nice the pixar is very snes inspired um you get to choose whether you control uh, the mage Valerie or the fire magic uh, male character. And then you kind of have like a third character that's like your cook and all of that with you. Um, and they don't really go over a lot of story stuff in that demo. It's probably about an hour long. Uh, it's more really to do what really most demos should do, which is kind of give you a taste of the gameplay, which is heavy Chrono Trigger inspired. You know, you have the, the characters are on the screen. It pauses a little bit for them to to basically form their formation. And then they start. It's actually kind of neat that they don't. It's not like rigid turn base, right? So you have your characters that will have turns. And then a little number will appear on top of the player, on top of the enemy that tells you, okay, you got two turns. You got to, you could pick whichever one of the three you want to to attack or whatever and then in two of those turns the one of the enemies are going to attack so it's not like okay well your whole party goes and then they go and they keep taking turns like a lot of turn-based games so uh that's to me is a interesting note on that um they also have a thing that if i think i mentioned when i talked about chain echoes where you, your mana is there's a, a low mana in this game so you don't get to just spam skills all the time you can do a skill your mana goes away and then you have to do an attack to get the mana back uh and you kind of like alternate in that way instead of just oh i've got like 50 mp and i can just keep spamming the skill till i kill everything uh and i think with all of that it makes sort of the gameplay more challenging than maybe you would have would get i don't know where this is in the game obviously it doesn't really tell you you just kind of get dropped on this port city with a bunch of pirate ships and things start happening um it it seems very like comical sort of like the whole premise is when you start is you're trying to recruit this like band of pirates to come help you find something and the they always they immediately have a gag where you have to you have to beat them in an arm wrestling match in order to get them to help you right and so the one guy that shows up uh he's he's uh this really skinny dude and then all of a sudden when you're about to start he turns into this like muscly guy and he 
destroys your character that you just do the arm wrestling match in like a couple seconds. Then they help you anyway. But I guess, you know, it's letting you know that it's it's kind of lighthearted in a way, not not too serious. But um, yeah, I, I've really been excited for this game. I've been paying attention to the Kickstarter stuff when it's been coming out. And I'm glad that it's sort of like living up to what I thought it was going to be. And man, August 29th can't come uh, fast enough for me to be able to play the full game. Uh, so, you know, if you've been looking forward to it, I definitely would tell you to check out the demo because it's well worth uh, your time and it's short. So, you know, uh, and also, I don't know if it ends on Monday or how long it is, but that Steam Next Fest is going on uh, as well. So if you want to try out some games on PC, definitely do that. There's a lot of games to try out there, too. Um, Mark, you beat uh, Forspoken now. Yeah. Any any different hours. thoughts now after you have... Do you still feel the same after you beat it? Do you... Do you now that you've got, I guess you got all the magic, right? After you had the, yeah, yeah. I did. They give you, uh, there's like four schools of magic: earth, air, fire, water. You just need heart to summon Captain Planet if you don't get <laughs> the DLC. Uh, you get one of them. You get air like super late in the game, like ninety five percent done at the game. It's like, oh, you get this fourth one. I'm like, what? Like, shouldn't this happen like chapter ten, not chapter eleven and a half? Because there's only 12 chapters in the game. Chapter 13 is the new game plus chapter, or like complete everything else you want. So it's really weird. But yeah, that was kind of the thing that I've gotten from you that you've mentioned is like, it feels like they didn't balance this very well. Like, why would you introduce one magic and then wait till way later in the game? to start introducing the other ones when this is a sort of magic and focus game. Yeah, like the I don't know if you played the demo yet, but me and Sean did that when they released that demo like a month ago. Like that is like at least halfway through the game. Well, okay. And it's bizarre. It's like mm. what like at that point you're used to how the game plays, but if you if you're just dumped into it, you have no idea. So that's why people are like pissed at the demo. Mm-hmm. But the demo like is much more representative of what the game should be because the first quarter of the game when you you just have earth magic sucks Hmm. speaking of technical performance that game is weird it like has some great moments like loading in that game is fantastic you can load from like one area like one area of the map to the other like halfway across the map and basically it takes three seconds neat and it's like wow this is like spider-man or like you know this is like what they promised that no game like few games ever do Mm mm-hmm but then, like, one time, I loaded into, like, the main town, and I did the dancing mini. And, like, I went through one round. It was fine. The second round, like, it started, like, lagging behind. Mm-hmm. And then the third round, my PS5 died. Like, it just crashed to the wow. desktop. And it's like, well, huh, okay. Uh, I think I, yeah. it's not the it's not the actress's fault, because I know she's been getting a lot of crap online. But the main character is, like, really insufferable. <laughs> Is it what? What is it better? I mean, is it her or Cuff that's in so? No, it's like, her. writing. Okay, yeah, it's the writing because she, she keeps bitching about like she's like, oh, I got to go back to New York, and she's obsessed with it. And it's like you're homeless, you have no money, you have no friends. It's like, what is me? Why would you want to go back there? Like, right? Yes, this world has like dangers, like you know, the fantasy world has dangers, but hey, you at least got some friends, like. The only people in like the the real world that care about her is like this like judge kind of 
and like the street gang who sets her house on fire. <laughs> and it's like, huh, okay. Why would you want to go back home? Yeah, uh, she has like nothing to go back home to. So what do you? you yeah, know? so it's, it's bizarre. Uh, I think I was telling Yens, I hate how like the character looks kind of like she has no cosmetics. You're just wearing the same crappy uniform all the time. The only thing you ever try right. is your, like, your, your uh, cloak. This could have done us some cosmetics here, like at least something. Right. Um, giving, yeah. Giving you something to rearrange and put in your own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the story is more or less. Okay. And he, like combat is like very rhythm focused. I found. So I actually got used to it kind of, but there's a big learning curve with it. And some stuff is just so non-essential or so not needed that it's like, why is this here? Hmm. Yeah, that green magic, you get like 95% in the way through the game. And like, All right. Wow. Yes. Like, uh, and that Jack, doesn't Jack, make any sense, like why you would wait. Like when you get towards the end of the game, that's when you should be trying to get people, get the, the, the player to like hone their skills and get ready for like the barrage of bosses and stuff like that. Not like, oh, let me introduce... Yeah, a really key magic at the end, like you know. I I think you might be able to get out of that like chapter level because you're in like a pretty like story heavy sequence. You might be able to like leave that temporarily to like go do other other stuff. But like once you get back into once you hit chapter twelve, it's like one long continuous story sequence. You can't oh, okay. get out of it. It's like one big boss, like over and over boss fight. All right, I guess hmm. I like the game, but I, it's the perfect game to like just put on a podcast or put on a TV show and really like ignore the game so like if you're say pitching this to somebody and go okay i want to buy it on a sale right Uh, i wanted to buy let's say it goes down to like 40 or 30 dollars and you're thinking about let me buy it on a sale like what what is the positives of this game that you would enjoy if you like let's say you're you're a big like me or someone that's like, okay, I buy most of Square Enix's stuff. This is another Square Enix joint. Like, I mean, I'd I'd say yeah. save. I'd say get Strangers of Paradise probably. Okay, get that instead. Or okay. or get Hogwarts because that's probably a better game. <laughs> All right, I think that says a lot. But I mean, <laughs> like the thing is, I started a decent time with Forspoken. Uh, right. I'll probably flatten that because it's really monotonous and you know, just tedious to do. Like you're just doing the same five <laughs> things over and over. So it's always the determinant of whether you're gonna platinum a game is how monotonous it is. Yeah, is it monotonous enough? <laughs> is that's it... why that's why I plot these on the frontiers in like four days. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't like a game that challenges me. I just like a game that has a nice yeah. even, just like even busy work. line. Yeah. <laughs> and I or spoken is not challenging at all. That's like, good. Okay. I beat the main boss. I don't know if I was like over leveled or not. And there's some ways to kind of break a character like with with your uh, gear. But I had like 17 health potions. I used like six, and that was it. And I was like this is this is uh, not challenging. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, so and, I guess you're at the end. You beat the game. What what oh, yeah. is your? You know, you you still have to write the review. If you're gonna write the I, review right now, what is I your did. score? Uh, I get. I mean. I gave it an eight, but I gave it under the condition that like it's very conditional on like how much you like just like collecting shit, or like if you like collecting feathers in Ubisoft game, like Assassin's Creed games, or doing that type of stuff, then it's fine. But if you want like a challenge or a good story or uh, good music, because the music was terrible in this game, I thought. Uh, 
I don't know. That's not reading like an eight to me. <laughs> so, so, but um, oh, I'm I'm just you know everybody use your own criteria. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like you had like a lot more like negative things to say than positive. Yeah, but then uh, I also like dump five hours into it, and it feels like time just kind of passed by. Like I'm like, oh, it's dark out now, huh? Oh, okay. So yeah. So at least it wasn't that monotonous that you still yeah, spent it, the five hours. See, I, I mean, it just gives you a big open world to explore, and it's like, well, you figure out how, how to get to this place, or you figure out how to get to this like photo spot or whatever. So that's the type of puzzle solving yeah. I like. <laughs> that's true. You are. It seems like very Assassin's Creed inspired there. Yeah, uh, but worse. <laughs> or worse, or worse only, than most of them. I've only listened to the main theme and one of the battle tracks, and they both seemed good. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know except, if I... except when you hear the battle theme like nine hundred times. Right. It's it's the music system more than the. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like every like if you just run across the uh, world, you'll you'll hear it like eight hundred times because like the second mm-hmm. you yeah. run into an enemy, it'll kick right up, and that's. I'm just running across this field. Like, leave me alone. Harry Potter so far has done a nice job of giving a, a good variety of Harry Potter. Like, yeah. it has it has the big set piece moments, which honestly feel on par of the the early John Williams scores. Uh, the music's really impressive, and it also yeah. has the kind of lower budget, you know, maybe not a full orchestra kind of underscore stuff for when you're just lulling about in the school. But like, every house gets their own music. Um, Seems like every time you go to a different part of the castle, you get a different track. Uh, so yeah, there's no complaints in the music. The, the music uh, on Harry Potter has been, like everything, just perfectly evoking, evoking yeah. the setting. But what I noted about um, Forspoken is that it kind of, like it, it felt it, it felt kind of like a typical modern video game score, like something like Recore or something to me, except with the addition of like modern like pop elements. That you wouldn't normally pair with that kind of thing, like especially in the in the main character theme, there was like oh, there was like a, a hip hop kind of sound here, and like there's not that a, a little bit at all of, to me. Really? But okay. No, I mean maybe in like the New York sections because that was that's where it makes the most oh, sense. Oh, that is that that's probably what that is. But okay. yeah, like like in the Athia, it's like nope, this is all fantasy crap. Like and it's like, done, a, it's done, it does a little bit of a Spider Verse from what yeah. I've heard of the the New York music. That's, that's the biggest problem. Is I talked about the character sucking. Mm-hmm. She has like no sense of wonder about that about the world she's in. Mm-hmm. Like she should be like, oh, there's magic, or you know, how does this shit work, or anything like, like that. Like what eventually happens with most isekais, where they eventually adapt to the world and start just appreciating the world for what it is, and stop being in that like they forget about where they're supposed to be and just start seeing like, okay, well, this is where I live now. I got to make the most of it, you know? Yeah. So that never happens with her. I mean, it happens like so late in the game that it becomes meaningless. Like just like when you get the air magic, it's like, all right, well, this happened way too late. And even like, like I said, even in like chapter 10, she's still a kind of a shithead. So it's like, uh, all right. I don't really care about her journey. (laughs) That's disappointing. Yeah. Well, um, just because I, I feel like we should give the context of going through the latest announcements where we talk about some of the things that Nintendo, it, because it makes sense when we talk about some of the Nintendo kind of headlines that are coming out of that as well. Um, there was a big Nintendo Direct that they had this past week, and they had plenty of stuff to announce. And for a while, they're watching it just sequentially. I thought it was going to be like, oh, man, this is. 
this is what we waited 40 minutes for this kind of like ho-hum kind of direct and then towards smack in the middle it kind of started ramping up and you got some of the uh the big announcements i think that that people were uh they, waiting on they didn't show like five fishy they didn't show five farming rpgs in a row yeah i thank god uh, thank god for that um they did still show one the, the fantasy life one but i guess you you got to give them uh credit for you guys still you guys still have that in your bag somewhere um probably one of the bi- the biggest surprise probably is the fact that that long rumored Metroid Prime remaster not only exists, it is out right now. You can go buy it for $40 right now on the Switch eShop, and it looks amazing. I don't know. It looks pretty awesome for the fact that it's a, you know, it's still playing on the Switch. So they really overhauled that. Retro Studios did a great job uh, overhauling that thing. Mark, I know you're a you're a Metroid fan. I mean, yeah, I, I never, a, I never yeah. played Prime, and oh, okay, yeah, I think I played like once in the GameCube, and I really didn't like the controls. Like, I know this is better, but yeah, I'm they definitely sure. improved the controls. I'm not sure how much perspective will I'll like it or not. Yeah, uh, Jens, uh, did are you a fan of the the Metroid Primes at all? Or I'm not. You're not okay. No. I mean, um, if I get it, I'll probably get it physically when it's you know when they release it like in a few weeks. Also, yeah, very interesting. Also, that they they wanted to keep it a secret so much that they did the whole like movie thing where you released it digital first and then physical like two or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we normally never see Nintendo do that because they want to take advantage of the whole uh, oh you can go to Walmart and buy fifty dollars or or whatever. I mean so. That's that's interesting. I wonder if anybody else will start trying to use that in the future of, hey, let's try to grab it, get you to grab it digital. And then if you want to buy a physical later, go for it. Um, <clears throat> you know, especially if retail starts wanting to lower their spaces like they do for movies and they've been doing for movies and music for a while now. So that uh, that being said, I think obviously the biggest deal with this whole direct is everybody was waiting for what are they going to show for legends of Zelda tears of the kingdom um mark kind i know you're you kind of like kind me. Of a bad trailer <laughs> yeah I, I mean both of us are not and i know a lot of people that might be listening or watching for the first time are going to be like oh this is blasphemy i can't believe you guys are sitting here talking bad about uh legend of zelda uh breath of the wild but neither one of us were like huge fans of the first well, game I mean, the uh, problem with that trailer is that game is due out in three months. It's, yeah. They showed no damn gameplay. I think they're purposely trying to keep it cryptic. Uh, but I mean, also, you know what that game is. I mean, <laughs> it ain't a fucking mystery. Right, but I, like, <laughs> I think either they're going to do their typical thing where they do a, a big blowout of here's the gameplay overview, like a month or whatever out from the game, or they're going to just keep it cryptic like this because they don't want to reveal things maybe that they want to keep a surprise for people. Um, I mean, this is like their big game of the entire year, pretty much. So I don't necessarily blame them for not wanting to show everything. I mean, uh, show anything, is, show everything is one thing, but show anything is different. But the I, fact mean, they I mean, they, a car. That's about it. Well, yeah, I, but like, okay. So, what do you? You just said it. We know what this game is. So, what? What did you want to see 
like a new power or more of the more of the story or any like you know just crafting something or maybe like the crafting system is gone now or you know something like that or the durability is like not a factor anymore okay um just yeah just interesting that i i I figured we weren't going to get this whole big thing here i wouldn't be surprised as we normally get i wouldn't be surprised if they get their own direct later this is such a huge game they could literally make it its own direct in a month or two it'll come on after the game is out (laughs) (laughs) well they could do that too i guess (laughs) right um Jens, are you do you have it well he's he's fixing something so yeah i i get it like right you wanted to have something that, that kind of tells you okay maybe i should be more interested in this one than like i was the last like, one. Oh, here's here's the last trailer and they got like two minutes left in the show it's like yeah okay but <laughs> that game it's again it's that game is due out in three months it's not like two years out or anything like that so right but Fair enough. You have a good point. I just think that we're gonna see something else. I mean, I'll have another it. trailer out probably, but yeah. this is like their big. I would say they're probably their biggest moment. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's the big direct, right? But I think they do a good job of like in these big directs. I know there will probably be people that'll be like, "Well, I would have rather had like five games and each ha- each of them get like six or seven minutes or whatever and not have yeah, like that, all that's this stuff. Microsoft one and that sucks because then you it, get games that you don't care about like elder scrolls and minecraft yeah so that's the thing is like you either you're either in that camp or you get what you get in a direct which is a bunch of different announcements they don't overstay their welcome and you know you move on so i feel like if we've gotten a, Zel- a Xenoblade Direct before, I think we can pretty much bank on the fact that we're going to get a Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Direct that's going to be like, hey, here's all the stuff, here's what's new, here's what's not, and then they'll probably do a treehouse thing where they show gameplay or whatever for people that want to watch it. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think that it's something to get too hung up on because we know it's because they have that time, they're going to have it. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be fine. I doubt I'll care much for it, but that's just I don't like the durability system in that game. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, are you a like? How did you? You know, as do you have the? Because I don't have it. Do you have the Switch online? No. Thing. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I still do or not. I doubt it. But I mean, so they they kind of surprised us with the Game Boy and then Game Boy Advance. Um stuff yeah it's been rumored for a while yeah Uh, most of those games are fine there's some questionable omissions well i mean they gotta give you reasons to be stay subscribed right like (laughs) well i mean um, from the get-go like mario 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 2 is great but what about mario 1 yeah i was surprised about like why you're not gonna you went in order with kirby but you didn't go in order with super mario that seems or uh, uh, the one they the one the biggest head scratcher was alone in the dark, the new nightmare. And yeah, like, that one was like, yep, what? Everyone's clamoring for this one. <laughs> yeah. Was that the one with Edward Carnby? I mean, the the new the is that the um, Xbox three sixty PS three no. one? This is the Game Boy Color one. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, so they, you know, they announced a bunch. Of, they added the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance to the Switch Online thing. Wow. Okay. Uh, so they announced the first games or whatever, and Alone in the Dark just, for just all, felt really weird. For all the people huh. who don't have an analog pocket, here you go. <laughs> weird. Okay. I mean, most yeah, of these games are good. Like, Once yeah, Awakening, sure. Metroid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mario Lines of Golden Coins, and like Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. But it's like, no one's pining for Game & Watch Gallery 3 or Gargoyles Quest. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo always puts... Like, look at the stuff that's come out for the longest time on the NES and SNES stuff. It's like games nobody asked for, but here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, didn't see, I didn't see someone ask the question, why is there any Pokemon games on here? Because they're going to sell you that shit forever. Yeah, they're going to charge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, to be fair, there is also Pokemon Day pretty soon. So they might be waiting to announce that because they really don't have... Uh, and this is going to be one of those Pokemon days where it's like a total surprise because we don't really know what's other than okay they could do Scarlet and Violet DLC which I'd imagine they're going to. There's no way that's going to be a one off um, with how much it's sold. You know, it, it's like almost there's only three of the games that are that are higher selling than it at this point. Um, I got I got three words for you: Pokemon Snap Two. There you go. Oh yeah, please don't. Um, I, I was surprised that uh, Kudu Kudu Kurin was announced in here. Um, Does that game ever like, come out in America? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah I, you know what? They, they could they could put Mother 3 on here on the Switch Online, and there you get a bunch of people that are going to subscribe all of a sudden. They have that hat in their bag that they can put in there. Um, the Game Boy Advance stuff is obviously part of the Switch expansion pack also, so you have to have that. Uh, which I still think is crappy that you can't just add that onto the monthly thing. You have to buy that outright for a year, but whatever. That's Nintendo. It's how they do their thing. Um, yeah, I, like, and I love the fact that we're gonna. I, I could possibly play Golden Sun again, which I love the crap out of that game. So I have to think about it whether I want to do that just to play Golden Sun and a few other things. But at least they're they're bringing stuff in. It's something that people have been asking for for a while, um, for them to bring Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color, and you can actually switch between all three depending on what you play it on. So uh, there's that too. Um, like I don't know how much you use your your Switch Yens or. Um, I mean, <laughs> three, and that's it. <laughs> I mean that that was a big use case this year. What about yeah. Thirty hours in yeah. that. Uh, do you have a affinity at all for the Breath of the Wild? Or I liked it. I really liked Breath of the Wild. This the only I had some complaints with it. Um, the same ones that I think everybody had. The loot system, the weapon degradation system, all that stuff. The way the stamina worked, climbing, and all those kind of things. definitely stuff to get used to. But the world, the the exploration, you know, all those tiny little, all those many, 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 you know, little dungeon puzzles scattered about. I had a really good time of it at the time. Are you excited at all for Tears of the Kingdom? Or I mean, it's really more a matter of just like, am I going to have time in my life for this? Am I actually going to be playing it? <laughs> yeah. You know, the Breath of the Wild was such a big investment of time and energy. That's that's the one thing where it's, that really, you know, I just don't. I, I know I don't know if I still have it in me to like play a 150 hour 
game like that on the regular. You know, it's like, you know, once every year, maybe. Right. I understand that. Mm. So um, we'll see. Maybe that'll be a, that'll be one of them. No, that'll be Yakuza. Yakuza is not. That's probably more like 50. Unless you're doing all the... Uh, Ishin has this uh, almost like a mobile game, kind of like dungeon crawly side mission kind of thing going. That if you wanted to, you could pump a lot of time into. Uh, but you don't have to. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you've seen it or, or whatnot, but as someone that, you know, you just say you spent some time with Bayonetta, how do you feel about this uh, Bayonetta Origins Oh, I'll play it. Game and Looks cute. Sure. I didn't like Bayonetta 3, so anything to wash that taste out of my You didn't like it, okay. Oh, not at all, no, no. no. That was like, that was the Duke Nukem Forever of Bayonetta games. Damn. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Did not live up to the weight at all. And in fact, gave you the kind of the opposite of what you wanted. Uh, so uh. I, I saw that you'd put Yen, that like somebody had put Yen's nominates Elden Ring and Bayonetta on the Game of the Year lists and the document was like, nope, I do not. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing Bayonetta three like three different times. <laughs> I I I I'm halfway through New Game Plus. That's true. Okay, so you hate played Bayonetta three for the whole time you played it. <laughs> there's still there there like there's still things to like in there. It's mostly the story that pisses me off. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, I've heard it, I've heard a lot of that. And it's a game that can't get out of its own way. With just whenever you get into a flow, it'll interrupt you with some bullshit. Like it just loves yeah. interrupting you with stuff like uh, really dumb, you know, time manipulation, uh, platforming kind of stuff or like weird mini games. like at, pretty much at any point, you know, any time that you're like, I'm really enjoying this combat. It's like, nah, you don't get to do that anymore. Now do something else for a bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to get into the, the story stuff, but it's there is a particular kind of fetish um, on the Internet where people just really like to see. Uh, characters that they uh, may be sexually attracted to in pain or in terrible situations. And that is, I think, the guiding principle behind this entire game. Because it's like, do you like Bayonetta? Do you like us shitting on Bayonetta for an entire game? Here it is. Do you want to see Damn. your favorite character die over and over and over again? Here. I finish this with the story. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Um are either one of you uh, Pikmin fans? Or? I appreciate it uh, from like an aesthetic perspective. That's about it. <laughs> I never yeah. played it. I understand why it's liked. I, I I get that it's a good game. I'm. It's not for me. Yeah. It's always been a series. Like you know, I I talked about Tinykin last week. That it, it's always been a or not on the last show where we did the game of the year stuff. Um, it's always been like a series that I appreciated that I felt like, uh, if I would, you know, give it time, I might, I might probably enjoy it. And I like tiny Ken a lot. So I don't know if this would be my first Pikmin game or not, but, um, I always find it just like an interesting concept of what they do in this game. And then, uh, it doesn't help at all that they added a dog that helps you out. So, you know. It's like that's the worst thing for me to see. I don't. You show me something with a dog, and then I might, uh, might get me to buy this game. Mm -hmm. um, but really, the new thing is that they added Ice Pikmin, and then of course this dog that can uh, help you break through walls, and um, it will like charge through enemies and stuff like that um, as well. So you know, 
that's good that they they're making this and Yamamoto is spending his time with it. It comes out in July, so a lot of people were thinking they were going to put it out in like April to let it like die before Zelda, but it looks like they're they are really actually planning around it and trying to make it this like a big pillar for the year. So um, I guess good on Nintendo for that. Uh, they inter- I did, So did you ever get to play Zelda Blade Three at all, Jens or? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't cracked it open yet. It's sitting really? on the, sh- the collector's edition is sitting on the shelf. <laughs> Along with my goodness, more packages. I know. Well, like you said, you don't have time for hundred-hour games. Yeah, no, I right really. Now, so. I, I want to. Uh, That's the thing. Yeah. If I've got that, I might put that ahead of Breath of the Wild too. If it comes yeah. to it, I mean, it's it's definitely the best one of those uh, in all aspects. And oh yeah, really good. Yes, it's great. Um, it deserves all the hype that it has received uh, throughout the year. People giving it Game of the Years and everything else and all that. Uh, well, the people that, that want to be different, but they're putting it high on lists and stuff because it deserves it. It really is. Uh, they basically took everything that made 1 and 2, smashed it into a, this game, and then added characters that you love and a story that's great. And... Um, I'm not going to say that it's consistently great throughout the whole thing. It definitely has its peaks and valleys, but for the most part. Uh, and then they introduce the, the you know, as we've seen with all of these, they end up having that fourth uh, expansion pass part is going to be a story thing. And this one is going to be, it seems like a prequel mm. uh, to a sequel to one and two, but a prequel to uh, three. So. What they showed was um, a more adult Shulk, adult Rex, <laughs> and you know some other character. I don't want to put it on here because of spoilers or whatever. But um, Mario, yeah. <laughs> so it looks it looks uh, and and a character that you will probably know very well from Xenoblade One, Yens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to be the main the main baddie. Okay. And this one, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, it it that looks like it's going to deliver. I really hope it does. Um and I hope it's more I it doesn't necessarily need to be the length of Gordon, Golden Torna cuz that was definitely oh, uh, was inflated. Like 30 hours, yeah. Yeah, it was inflated by the mandatory side quests that they made you do, which was so annoying. Uh but I don't need it to be this like what felt like a little 5-hour experience that was the future connected thing either. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's something in between. Uh, while delivering a good story and then i really do hope we get something that flashes forward with what happens to the characters because of the way the game ends uh, it would be nice to know like what happens with them especially if this is going to be the end and that's <clears throat> they're supposed to be like this is basically like the what kingdom hearts was supposed to be where this is the end of this arc so if they start a son of blade floor it's supposedly not not have anything to do with mm-hmm uh these characters but i guess we'll see what they end up doing it makes but, some uh, sense to reboot at this point just because you know the amount of legacy <laughs> information yeah. that you have to keep track of to still be in the series you know i'd assume they'd also get rid of the number they might do that as well yeah try and bring in a new audience yeah uh, i mean any I don't know if they will try, even attempt to bring Xenoblade Chronicles X to the Switch or not. Oh, I would love uh, that. But 
I mean, definitely Monosoft has proven that they can they could do it if they really want to. Um, that's one of the very yeah. few still Wii U exclusives, right? That's just trapped yeah. on there. Yeah, very few. Uh, it, you're mm-hmm. you're you're not wrong. Very, we're mm-hmm. getting to the point where it is very few mm-hmm. of the uh, big games. Um, but speaking of a, a series, I know you do like uh, Ghost Trick. Yes, I'm actually uh, very excited about this. This is the one thing that Mark told me about from the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like people that don't that saw this and go, okay, I don't really understand why this is a big deal. Like, why is it? Uh, why do you in, enjoy it a lot? Well, it's just a very unique and brilliantly designed adventure game. It's from the Phoenix Wright team, okay. but it, it's more like a traditional adventure game in that uh, it, it's less, you know, it's more, it's less about gathering evidence and all that kind of thing and more about, you know, Rube Goldbergian kind of puzzles similar yeah, to what, yeah, no. uh, Oh no! Please, Mark, go on. No, I was gonna say it's it's like manu- like trying to figure out how to maneuver someone into a specific area, yeah, in order it, to do something to them. <laughs> there's a lot of traversal, right? So you're you're a ghost. You can possess things, and as you can see in the clip that uh, if you're watching the video that uh, Sean is is currently playing, you are manipulating. You're taking control of animals or objects in the environment and manipulating them to you know keep this woman safe from from assailants uh to help guide the mystery along to help her investigation uh you're you're the ghost of a detective who's been murdered at the beginning of the game and you're trying to help the next person solve this crime and it's just funny and charming and lovable and brilliantly designed uh the uh 3d i think it was just it was not a 3ds it was just a ds game the ds game was was really rare and expensive for a long time still is Um, (laughs) still is i mean I, i have it in my collection uh, one of my most prized games, honestly, but I also really loved it on uh, iOS, and that version was one that, when they dropped support for it, you know, phones that still had it installed became really valuable in the secondary market. You're like, hey, you can buy an iPhone that still has Ghost Trick on it for however many hundreds of dollars, um, you know, an old one. I think mine still has it, <laughs> or my I. I, yeah, I, you should, or I, well, I thought. Well, I mean, I think it's effectively devalued by this re-release, right? I, it, right. The point I'm getting at is, this has been this was kind of a uh, cult game, and then it became very, very rare and difficult to get a hold of for a yeah. long time. So it being it returning now on the Switch, which is the most popular propagated platform that there is in terms of game consoles, uh, is is a great thing. It just means that it's going to be available to the widest possible audience if that audience hopefully the audience will care because they should because it's a great game and yeah they, platforms too yeah oh, uh, coming back to mobile good good news also no no i meant like ps4 and oh PC okay and, yeah. yeah oh i didn't realize that i thought it was just switch no yeah. I, yeah a lot of these things are i mean even octopath 2 is going to be on ps4 and switch and uh, pc actually not going to be on xbox which is weird um, but I, I will yeah. say this: I, I fully expect the Switch version to be the definitive one. Oh yeah, uh, for sure, because it is a point-and-click focused game, and unlike the Ace Attorney games, uh, it's much more based on like timing and doing things yeah. in the right moment. So it's one. Of, I think not having in this case a touch screen uh, would be an impediment. I mean, technically, the Switch does have a touch screen; they just don't use uh, it. 
That's what I mean. I think on the Switch, I think it'd be ideal. Like, you'd have to play it on dock. You couldn't play it docked. Docked, you would lose that. But I actually think ideally you'd want to play that one undocked on the Switch. Um, is what I'm thinking because you're just you're going to lose some of that uh, um, fidelity that you want of control. I think. Yeah. With a controller, unless they come up with a really brilliant way of giving you direct control over your, you know, your ghostly cursor that's switching from object to object. Um, maybe there's like a thing to be done where you can kind of, you know, move the stick in the general direction of what you want to possess, and that it'll highlight. They'd have to completely overhaul how it works. Um, to make it work well with a controller, I think that's my concern. Yeah, I mean they're definitely going to do that because they Nintendo doesn't really even do games that play only in one way. They have to make the Switch, you know, yeah, they're like, able to play docked. They yeah, how to play the game docked? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. There'll be an alternate yeah. way of doing it, but I, I yeah. just think that they need to preserve the point and click. Oh no, I agree things. with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. It definitely needs to feel that same way that you know you used to play it when you play it portably um i mean they they also gave another another ds series some love as well Etrian odyssey gets an I hd collection well. that's great of of uh, the first three games mm. are going to come to the switch now so um good to see atlas is basically just taking this avenue of let's just port all our shit Mm-hmm. to the switch i mean it's about time let's do this uh so you know if you do that 3d <laughs> game heroes <laughs> time yeah, to take out that pen great. and paper again and start drawing maps no it has like some like ha- like crazy mode that you can do that in the game oh it gives you it gives you a map drawer yeah cool i like that yeah i mean so this is going to be cool that they're going to have this on switch um i'm glad that it's coming i was a um, fan of these games so We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to end up, you know, picking it up or whatever on Switch, but uh, mainly because I'm excited for them bringing back a Bite, Bite and Kaitos instead. Also, who's that? Uh, what? Bite and Ki- what? What? Yeah, Bite they're bringing Kaitos. Bite and Kaitos from uh, the GameCube. Uh, now, this one uh, I'm not familiar with at all. So. Yeah, is it's like some weird card It's an RPG, RPG like card game <laughs> that. Um, yeah, it's 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 something that like is totally cool today, right? But back in the day, you didn't have games like this that are RPGs that play with cards, and sometimes you get mm-hmm. a bad hand, sometimes you get a good hand. Um, and it's bringing both the games. So like, it's the first game, and then technically the number two game is actually a prequel. It's not a sequel. So yeah, it's just is this a remake, like a full on remake? No, nah, it's like no. a remaster. Yeah, okay. port. yeah, yeah. It looks really good for for so, what it is. Yeah, but I mean, that's I love that they they're doing this stuff now. Obviously, they they kind of need to do uh, they need some of this because again, the switch is getting like long in the tooth. But mm. it's perfect for this kind of thing, and it's cool that we get to like relive these classics that you can't get anywhere. Uh, try to buy this now, you know, it's probably not not going to happen. Um, so I'm glad that they're bringing this back on the Switch, uh, for sure. Like one of those, uh, it's actually not, 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 not that expensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, but like, okay, I want to go buy not, GameCube. I'm going to go it's try not to ghost trick prices. Let's say that. Yeah, it's not like 150 bucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that, I still think it's cool when they do stuff like this that they bring these games. The same thing with like the we love Katamari uh, reroll World Reverie getting brought back as well 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did the same thing with the Kirby's Machine Dreamland Deluxe that they're also bringing in, uh, which that's coming later this month. So uh, you have that. And a game that, you know, you're playing uh, right now, Mark, Final of Engage, uh, yeah, they got an expansion pass. Yeah. So, you know, when they announced more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much you, you care about all these these characters or whatever, but. I, I don't know any of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I, I want to um, get the expansion pass because, like, I, it currently already has like, the three the three houses care. That's all I care about. <laughs> right. Um, but, hey, you know, if uh, if you wanted to, you, you can go ahead and just buy this expansion pass so you know you're getting more characters. Uh, from different parts of the Fire Emblem series, there. So, uh, you're not are, you're not playing Engage, Jens? No. Uh, He's on to about one game one game a month. So, oh okay. yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, life, man. I, no, life is. Uh, th- I mean, that happens to all of us. I have times where mm-hmm. I, you know, I had a whole three four months where we I couldn't do anything mm-hmm. for a while. So it happens. Um, Another thing I thought was awesome was the fact that there was a moment in time where level five was supposedly done with the U.S. audience and they were not going to bring anything over to the the West and they were done making these big games. And and not only did they they're not done, they may they're bringing three games to the switch, a new Professor Layton, uh, a new fantasy life, the girl who steals time and then. A new IP called Deca Police, which I found interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, you might like that one, Jens. <laughs> yeah, it looks like yeah. Some anime nonsense. It kind of like, gives me like World Ends with You and other types of uh, oh, yes. vibes. Um, this one looks good. Yeah, it's uh, there's a. It has like investigation stuff along with like uh, turn based. Battle yeah, it's system, like, it's like weird ast- yeah. like cyberpunk astral chain. <laughs> yeah, that too has astral chain uh, vibes in here too. So, uh-huh. yeah, I, I this was kind of like one of those like okay, they had no idea this was getting made, and the VR mm-hmm. puzzle solving is giving me some like AI Somnium file vibes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, that yeah, cool. I just I, I think it's cool that level five is back. They they make great games and. Uh, I'm a fan of the Layton series as well, so I'm glad to see that that is is not going anywhere, um, and that's staying on and still being on Switch. Uh, and I mean, there was other stuff announced in here, like that they showed another trailer for that Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, which I'm sure you're interested that's in. Advance Wars things finally got a re- like release date. Yes, exactly. Advance Wars finally has a release date. Damn it. Um, almost a year since when it was going to release the first time. Uh, new Mario Kart 8 booster course packs and Birdo is added as a character. And apparently, uh, the last booster course is going to add more characters. So I guess get ready for that. If you were missing the fact that they weren't adding characters previously, uh, you get, um, that in there as well. And a new Don't Nod game, The Harmony, The Fall of Every. Uh, looked pretty pretty neat as well. So uh, there was a lot in here. I thought this was a pretty good uh, direct for the most part. You can't forget the most important game, New Samba de Amigo. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I forgot. Damn it. It's a rhythm game. I shouldn't be forgetting about it. It's, uh, the fact that you have to use the, I guess you, you have to use like Just Dance where you actually have to 
move around and stuff like that. You can't um, play it like the the other kind of rhythm games. Like uh, I guess like the other rhythm, you can't play it like that. Well, that was always um, Samba de Amigos. Thing, yeah. So. But I mean, that's like again, like see, this is the the cool stuff about the Switch. You can have all these kind of different experiences on there, and why not? You know, um, didn't think we were gonna get a new Samba de Amigo, but it is there. Uh, and I did pick up that WSBC or WBSC e baseball thing from Konami that they're selling for like a dollar on the Switch shop. It's like one of those um, arcade uh, baseball games but they look like little miniature like chibi versions so uh i got through the tutorial <laughs> as far as i've gotten on my lunch break but i'll probably have thoughts on it next week uh for sure um market like you you enjoyed this direct for the most part or yeah it's pretty good i mean except for the last part but yeah <laughs> yeah the the tears of the kingdom stuff <laughs> Happy about it. uh something that, else I, go ahead. that that disney game doesn't look great to me but oh the me. illusion yeah. illusion island game or yeah or, yeah the art style is already kind of eh for me um right. it's trying to ape the those old like mickey's illusion games and i think it'll be fine i don't think it's gonna be this you know let's usher in this new wave of mickey games or anything right um and we're still waiting for the disney free-to-play kart racer thing i think that comes out in a couple months so uh was it speed storm or something <laughs> something to that effect uh something that people also were not happy about when it involves legend of zelda tears of the kingdom is the fact that it will be 70 dollars yes nintendo is now doing 70 dollar gains folks well, it's but uh, not for all of them, right? This is just this nah, one. Not, yeah. nah, not for all of them. So they're doing it on a case by case basis. Basically, the big the games that they know are going to be. I wonder if Pokemon is going to be seventy dollars now Probably. if they make a new Pokemon uh, in the future. But like the games they know are going to be the big deal. Like I'm sure the next Mario will probably be uh, seventy dollars if that even gets made for this current version of the Switch. Which it seems like that's the one big game that I think people are kind of waiting on. Like, when's uh, the next Mario? I doubt know? it. Because yeah. it's, it's too late. Uh, but yeah, so Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is going to be $70. Uh, but like, you know, we just saw in this direct, right? Metro Prime Remaster, which they could have sold for $70 or 60 because they've done that before with, with remasters. We've seen them do it. They charge 40 bucks for it. Um, and then Pikmin 4 is 60 bucks. So. It's not every game, but it will be. We'll probably see it happen more. Um, what do you say to the people that are saying that this system's old? Why are they doing seventy dollars games when this is not like the PS Five or or Series X that has the the new gen graphics and all that? I can somewhat understand. Oh, sorry, Mark. I was going to say because they know people will pay for it. Yeah, that's the thing. I can somewhat understand the argument of uh, you know they because and it's it's because the justification for the seventy dollar price tag on the PS Five and Xbox was oh it's development costs right like these games are so much bigger and better and and take so much more to develop that of course the price is going up. Uh, so because I think that was Microsoft and Sony's justification, I can see why some people would say, well, Nintendo doesn't have that justification. Um, but as Mark says, the reality is they do it because they can. They don't need that just for- Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I definitely Nintendo does things because they can. I mean, look what they did with that Mario collection. Uh, you know, so like they they definitely don't have to do this, but they're doing it because exactly what Mark said. They know people will pay the seventy dollars. Uh, no question, they've already proven that they will pay seventy dollars for the Sony games. So why not? You know, um, and you know things are costing more. So when you got your premium triple a game that you're really hoping is going to be the next thing that sells consoles for you uh why not charge a premium price uh for it um again not saying that it's okay to charge 70 dollars. they've already said they're not going to do it for everything and they've shown you that they're not um as long as they don't get into the you know sony thing where everything is 70 dollars, even if it's well with some of that is you know like or the or the third parties where everything even you know, some people will say Forspoken doesn't it isn't worth the seventy dollars. Um, even that was seventy. You know, yeah, exactly. So there you go. Um, I'm glad to see Nintendo is not not taking that route, even though they really could. Um, that being said, they they do feel like they're in uncharted territory with the Switch. I mean, it's it's sold 122 million units. It's only behind the Nintendo DS, Sony PlayStation Two. Um, as far as like milestones when it comes to console sales. Uh, and that's amazing in itself. The switch is, you know, this old and still selling well, and people are still getting excited for games coming to in and everything else, uh, which obviously puts Nintendo in a bind of what do we do? Do we make an, a whole new different system or do we make a switch Two that's just more powerful than um, the switch one uh like what do you guys think about as far as how much longer do you think the switch can really last before we start seeing it dip and the fact that nintendo's saying we're not going to do any price cuts we're not going to do any kind of uh price cuts to our games either um unless we want it to be that price i mean do you really think it can last another two years or whatever Absolutely. do they yeah, yeah two years not a problem it's got legs. It's got two more years of legs for sure. I mean, I don't think it. Do, I, I don't think it should, but it's going to have to because they they have made like little enough work in the next successor. So, but also we, we're living in a in a time where it just generally, um, you know, this the PlayStation Five. It's not you know just by virtue of being in such short supply, has not been able to sell through as much as. Um, you know, it hasn't propagated the way that it probably should have based on demand. So this whole generation is going to last longer. I think the Xbox is going to last longer. I don't think people are going to be as willing to upgrade. I definitely think that when it comes to Nintendo, there is a certain type of person who is just chomping at the bits. Because I, I feel we get this rumor every six months we get, it's going to be the new Switch. It's going to be the new Switch. Yeah. Switch HD, Switch HD. And I just don't see it happening anytime soon. I don't think it needs to. Um, because as I far mean, as mainstream well, I think goes, it definitely needs to though, because like certain Switch games don't run well. Oh yeah, like I mean, Bane yeah. three or Pokemon. So you can make that argument from a pure power standpoint, but I mean, and even like plays, mm-hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild didn't run, run particularly great, and that was a launch game. Sure, it's so, always yeah. been under, it's always been an underpowered system. It was underpowered yeah. when it came out, but so I think yeah. you know, it hasn't really hurt think, it. I don't think Switch like a Switch Pro is going to happen, but I think Switch Two is like backward compatibility, like. The 3ds. Just... I just think they've got another couple of years 
before they even have to think about, you know, demand waning. Yeah, I mean, if they keep making banger games, like, you know, if this Zelda Tears of the Kingdom reaches any of the heights of the original and people are just as enamored with it and can spend all that time with it, I think definitely you're going to see that sell more consoles. Uh, every time a Pokemon game comes out, it is still selling uh, crazy numbers. It's still selling consoles. Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy how deep in the bag they have gone and these games keep selling for it. So uh, Mario Kart keeps selling. It's, it's ridiculous. And then they, of course, rewarded people by bringing this DLC out uh, to get people to buy more Mario Kart. Uh, so um, I think if they can keep doing stuff like this and then also when they you're adding things to your Switch online, bank it on your retro, I think you definitely could last two years. Will everybody be okay with using their Switch for two years from now? Especially if, let's say, the Steam Deck gets more and more uh, marketplace uh, mm-hmm. value by then? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, is Nintendo working on whatever the next switch successor is at this point yes they are they're definitely doing that they're they just don't want to talk about it because it will cannibalize switch sales um, yeah they need to be working on it but yeah. I, I don't think it's urgent for them to put anything out anytime soon i think they've got a but do you do, i mean knowing nintendo they're crazy enough to just say okay well the switch was the thing we're going to do something else do you think for sure it is a switch two or I, it's something completely different i could see them going handheld only yeah, I I think you have to have some form of the switch going forward. Like mm-hmm. I think if you're if you want to move on to something else, right? And you say, okay, we have this second pillar that's like uh, home console only mm-hmm. and allows us to do this and this that we can't do with the switch, whatever. But I feel like the switch is now the new 3ds or the new DS or whatever. Like you have to have something mm-hmm. because people are just. Nintendo is it, when you think of Nintendo for the past, whenever the DS, whenever the, for their long history, they're a portable system along with their home consoles. And and if you look at it, what is sold more, they're portables. So except for the Wii, <laughs> except for the Wii, but that's because that was just such a unique system that was never seen uh, before then. But unless you can somehow do something like that, which even with the with the way that VR exists now, I just don't know what else you can really put out there that is so different to what, how we play a game that you have to have some kind of switch going forward. So whether they're working on two things or just a switch to, I, I, I agree with you, Jens. I think two years definitely gives them that cushion to, to keep going. Uh, it's going to be interesting when we get to around like June summer game fest time or whatever what do they have to announce because right now every every they put out everything almost but anyway like we really don't know what's going to be their fall game because it's under wraps right now whatever it is uh, unless pokemon day is gonna show us that which i guess they could but yeah um it'll it'll be definitely be uh they are certainly i feel like an uncharted waters because by by now we would have started to hear about something you know, but the Swiss is selling so well they don't they don't need to do that. Nope. Uh for sure. Um just something I thought was was interesting because uh you and you might, you know, like this. I know you like near uh Yens and maybe maybe mobile games are not anyone's bag here for, for the most part, but 
Sega is taking a page out of the Neptunia book here um, and deciding to make a mobile game with Yoko Taro called 404 Game Reset with a re colon and then set. And basically it takes characters, uh, makes uh, Sega IP into female characters Mm -hmm. uh, as we see like the representation of Neptunia being various uh, game, game industry, you know, folks or whatever. Um, so like, for example, like Afterburner, Outrun, Virtual Cop, Virtual Fighter, they're all represented by female characters. Um, and I don't know if this is going to be a gotcha game or what kind of game. I fully expect it will be a gotcha game. (laughs) That is why you would do something like this. Very interesting that they like decided to do that. I I just thought it was kind of cool. Like you don't see this every day. I'm in favor of the waifuification or bishoujuification of all things. Very much in favor of that. That's why, uh, that's why I'm a big Neptunia fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't play mobile games. I think the last mobile game I played was Jetpack Joyride like a decade ago. Uh, yeah. But I know people seem to like that Sinnoh Alice, mm. which is a um, Yokutaro mobile game with gacha elements, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so I assume it'll be something in that vein, that Sinnoh Alice vein. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you go ahead, sorry. Isn't this just like a waste of his talents? Yeah, he's gay, doesn't have anything better to do. I mean, but it's the same thing as, like, Sakaguchi. Really? You're just going to make mobile crap from now on? Like, I mean, I to mean, be fair, Fantasian is do. apparently great. Just I don't have an Apple device to be able to play it. But, mm-hmm. you know... I, but what, what it, would you rather play? Like, The Last Story or in Lost Odyssey or Terror Battle in Fantasian? Well, like I said, I Fantasian, I've heard great things. But would I love to have another Lost Odyssey or... Yeah, uh, whatever. Sure. I mean, at least like yeah. uh, Yokotaro isn't like explicitly moving to mobile. And eh, he showed up for a weekend and banged this out, or he he wrote some not on a notepad. And that was it. But yeah, I mean, I, uh, I expect him to make console games in the future. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with how successful Nier Automata was, I think he knows that you know th- there's got to be a next Nier in all of this, or. Whatever he wants, or I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> you don't think so? Like, you don't no, think I there think, will be a? I think Automata kind of ends in a pretty definite note. <laughs> like, he'll do okay. something else. Yeah, he'll make another yeah. Drakengard game. I was just gonna say Drakengard four. That would be something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely could do that as well. Go go in that vein, or just make a new IP uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, but this is perfect for him. That imagining what things would look like as as waifus. Uh, Again, it's Neptunia. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, or like, I mean, with the propagation mm-hmm. of uh, Genshin Impact as well, like, exactly. Sega Sega trying to, to get the next, like, big gacha game with their own franchises. I mean, why not? See, my, my hope of the, uh, the for the new Switch would just be a Bishouju statue of what if the Switch was an anime girl? <laughs> you know? It looks like the, main, like the main character from Fire Emblem Engage with the, with the red and blue hair. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, being a bikini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I just thought it was it was interesting that we they added this thing in here, and I was like, I thought at first when I saw the um, the name of the the game, I was like, is this actually like real? I mean, uh, <laughs> what happened here? And then they, you know, they actually did it. So interesting that they they went that route. I'm um, in favor. Yeah, and there's there's a pair. If you want to watch like a long version of it, they have a Japanese 
uh, trailer that's like seven minutes long. You can just kind of watch videos too. But um, I don't like the other news has been gone. It has to do again with the same. I don't want to go on the same cycle of talking about the Xbox, uh, Microsoft, Activision deal or whatever, what the latest thing is with that. Um, just should note that they have been reports of, well, what if, what if we get into the situation where all those governing bodies find a way to block this deal and it's definitely not going to happen? What would happen to Activision Blizzard in that case? And, um, the Wall Street Journal and, and Fox Business now basically got word from if it breaks down, Bobby Kotick will stick around at Activision Blizzard, which would be to the detriment of everybody there. Um, I mean, I, not to mention, like, do you feel like they can really keep going in that state if, say, this deal somehow falls falls through? Like, look at the sales figures of Modern Warfare 2. Yes, they can. Yeah, but I mean, just they're not in dire straits, huh? They're not in dire straits as a company, right? Yeah, it's it's not like Diablo 4 is gonna bomb, like that'll probably be pretty well. Yeah, that'll be fine. You know, there are all their other crap, they're coming down the pipeline. Yeah, uh, just I wonder how much that would hurt as far as like creativity, how much the working staff would would really want to not be there any longer. Like how many people would walk out of Activision Blizzard if it doesn't go through because, okay, we're going to stick with the same old dude that was okay with all this stuff happening that got them into this problem in the first place that was kind of the antecedent to why this takeover even happened because they kind of wanted out before it got really bad. So... I would say I not I, enough to materially care either way. Yeah, like, I'm sure there'll be some brain drain, but it won't be, you know, right. this is not something that they can't hire more people or uh, bounce I mean, back it, from. If it was like 20%, be like, all right, you know, we still got doodles of more employees to take over. So, yeah. I mean, I mean ongoing I, projects <laughs> might be affected, but right. I think the company as a whole will live. Yeah, the company. Yeah, the company is going to be okay because they have Call of Duty and they have you know the Blizzard properties or whatever. But I definitely think you would see like a maybe not mass exodus, but you would definitely see an exodus starting of of people that are just like I thought we're going to be in a better place, and now since we're not, might as well try to find work somewhere else. You know, and then they can Uh, buy Activision later on. Yes. I guess definitely they could. Um, I don't know. It, I yeah, I just didn't want to go into that whole thing with the. Oh, let I'm just gonna wait to this point until there's actually information of they're really gonna do this, and this is what's gonna wind up happening, and then this is gonna close or it's not gonna close, and that's kind of it because this whole like, will they? Won't they? Is Microsoft gonna sue? Are they not? Is somebody going to block it? Are they not? It's just overwhelming and annoying. So I'm kind of over it at this point. Um, I'm sure you are, Mark, and I'm sure a lot of people are. So well, we're going to leave it there. The one thing that <clears throat> was, happened this week was the UK, one of the UK bodies said, like, split up the company. So Yeah, Microsoft's not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, Microsoft's not doing that, though. Like, right. So. Either way, that's the thing is if Microsoft ever just says, you know what? 
we're going to sue you guys. And they go to court, they're going to lose. Yeah. So they're trying to prevent Microsoft from just saying, screw all this. We're just going to sue everybody. And then you're not going to be able to tell us to be able to do anything. So um, go get concessions while you can. But I don't think Microsoft will go for that at all because. I, I did too. The yeah. funny point that because of how they handled Bethesda, like how they quickly they relegated like, you know, Starfield and whatever else to Xbox that that ultimately hurt them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's they, true. Yep. It's true as far as saying that your company's not going to make this game and this game exclusive or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it hurts because the precedent that you set was, Oh, we put all these games as yeah, instantly on, you know, yeah, yeah. as much the, as we can. Yeah. And then the micro, the Minecraft thing, that's old. Like you, you decided that a long time ago, as far as, Oh, we're going to keep that multi-platform. And then, Oh, of course you're going to keep all these MMOs multi-platform because that would really that would kill those MMOs. So of course you're gonna keep them where they are. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if you even have a thought or care on this at all, Jens, because I don't. You um, know, I, I think it'll happen. That's pretty much the end of it. Like I'm not really worried about what'll happen if it doesn't happen because I think it'll. Yeah, happen. yeah, I, I ultimately think it's gonna happen as well. Like it's just we're just drawing this out. And, oh, but that's not. I mean, yeah. you're. I understand your impatience of being tired of talking about it because you're doing a yeah. weekly uh, show where you talk about video game news. But yeah. we're used. These things take a. You know, these kind of takeovers they take years. And yeah, you know, you hear about them periodically, and there's just a lot of legal back and forth. And uh, I, there's really no point worrying about it too much. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I. I don't. I think that's pretty much it for the show this week. Uh, thank you, Yen, so much for being on. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry about the technical issues. Oh, no problem. It happens. Uh, you know, you can check out Yen's, uh, well, while while the show's going on, I don't know how frequent you guys are going to be after Last of Us HBO is is off. But <laughs> Well, we, we want to get back into movies. Uh, we're not just doing yeah. Last of Us. So I'm okay. hoping... You know, the last time it was a matter of Randy's schedule uh, completely changing and then my schedule also completely changing. But as far as just if we're just doing movies, I think we can keep it going. So, yeah, that's the idea, at least at the moment. I'll be I'll be looking forward to y'all's Mario movie review. Yes, we're going to well, we're going to do the, um, you know, the uh, the Mario director's cut or the original cut that leaked okay the, the original movie yeah of the yeah the the 90s movie so we're going to do that next before we do the new theatrical one so our next two movies after the last of us i think will be mario's i heard Randy's gonna make you watch that canceled netflix resident evil show <laughs> so wow. i'm i'm the good thing about there being there's a lot of media out there now as far as video game adaptations and i'm hoping that'll help me keep the resident evil at bay for a while because i'm i'm resident evil out yeah. Uh, well, you're not gonna watch that new CGI movie. No, no. No. I've got oh, Resident Evil and Alcatraz. <laughs> Does it look bad? And I've got the last yeah. three Resident Evil CGI movies sitting here. They were also bad. So there you go. Yeah, like a well, trend. I got them for the podcast originally, so we'll get to them eventually. Well, and uh, you know, if anything, you can always tell Randy he's got to watch the cyberpunk anime, which is actually really good. So. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, some of these things we've already like. I've already watched all of Arcane, yeah, uh, and most of Castlevania. So, those probably would not be candidates. Though Arcane, you know, you could make a 
an argument. Yeah, it, it's short really... enough that it does, you know, it won awards and everything. So it's people, one it, of the it, best video game adaptations yeah. for sure. For sure. That and Castlevania are the other two besides Last of Us. Did you, uh, did you see that they, they did the first ever video game uh, Grammy this year? I I yeah. did not uh, see it. Ass- I, Assassin's Creed won for the best soundtrack. Oh uh, oh oh yeah. oh for music yeah. you mean? I did see yeah that. for yes, music yes. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said Grammy, so you know. Yeah right. yeah. Oh you're um, right. Yeah yeah yeah. What what did you? I mean I I didn't really agree with the the list of nominees per se, but all right. Let me uh, look at let me look at this Grammy video game soundtrack. My favorite, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Um, so we've got Aliens Fireteam Elite, which I completely agree with. Um, would oh, wow. have been okay. that would have been on my list of best soundtracks, except here's the issue it's actually a 2021 game, so yeah. I don't think it should have even qualified. Well, same uh, with Valhalla, yeah. Oh, Dawn, no, but that's because it's the it's Dawn of Ragnarok, yeah, it's the DLC, right. So that's yeah. actually a, a new release, and it's a different composer than the main game as well. Um, it's a lady whose name I now can't. I think also the Grammys don't necessarily go from December to January or whatever; they have a different oh, timeline. Oh, yeah. is that what is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. So Assassin's Creed. I, I think not, I've not actually heard that one. Um, I like Call of Duty Vanguard, though it's not my favorite Bimmer McCreary this year. Uh, Marvel's Guardians is good. Yeah, Marvel's Guardians, yeah. Uh, I assume Old World is good, just based on the fact that Christopher Tin is a great composer. Um, yeah, it's. I'm ashamed to say that I do not know half of these scores. Honestly. Well, there you go. What are we doing tonight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my list would be very different. I would have stuff yeah. like Harvestella on there and um, Valkyria Elysium. Wow, that's uh, some interesting choices there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, again, thank you, Jens, for, for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week uh, around same time, same channel, all that good stuff. And until next week, folks, we'll see you later. Later.